This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Throwback. My name is Dan Hansis, joined by the immortal Bob Castrone. What's up, buddy? I am in a great place knowing I'm never going to die. How you doing? I take that back. It was a figure of speech. Oh, You will shit. die, and it will be in approximately 40 years. I took so many pills when you said I was immortal, and now I'm regretting it a lot. Okay, it's 40 minutes now. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm here with you to spend my last 40 minutes on this planet. Rough, rough. You might not even make it to the end of the show. Actually, you're not immortal. None of us are. Um, but you are my bosom buddy. That is true. We go back a long way. We do. We go back many, many, many years, like 30 years almost. I mean, we are getting up there now. I don't like hearing that. It's a bad situation. Yes, boyhood chums uh, that grew up in the suburbs outside of New York City, and now here we are in Los Angeles, still friends and also sequestered in the corner of a garage late on a Sunday night as our wives sleep. Yeah. Yeah, not together. If they were sleeping together, that would be a much better story. They are sleeping separate uh, next to our dozing children as we sit here and drink beer and listen to music. All right. So what what are we here for, Bob? Do you want to tell the audience what the throwback podcast is all about? I do, but I also feel like I have to just take a step back yeah, and okay. acknowledge what a bosom buddy is because oh, yeah, I feel like important. you say that like people know that term. It's not a very common term. Like, I don't think anybody has said that since 1998 when we won the award for Bosom Buddies at Pearl River High School. Yeah, I think most people have the senior superlatives. I mean, we don't know. Maybe the the millennial kids out there, they don't do that anymore. Maybe it was like a little too like exclusive and like, you know, hurt feelings. So they kind of got rid of those. I don't even know if they give out trophies anymore. What you even win anything? What are nicest eyes? I mean, does that mean I don't have nice eyes? I'm going to sue the school. I did win nicest eyes as well. And you know that. Thank you for plugging that in there. I just teed you up for that. Yeah. Thank you. I figured you'd want it. I figured eventually you would mention it. So I just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, we are. We won the bosom buddy buddy title uh, in 98, uh, our senior year of high school. And we figured at some point we would have to find a way to leverage that. And here we are almost 20 years later, and we have found a way uh, to leverage that title. Uh, our hometown is waited with bated breath to see how no, they were like, we, we would leverage it. We bestowed them this honor <laughs> of being the guys that hang out way too much. So like now we're finally paying them back. Yeah. This and is, you know what? Pearl River, you're welcome. You're welcome for this. This is for you, PR. Uh, the throwback <laughs> podcast is a celebration of sorts of uh, the music that we grew up listening to throughout those formative years in high school, through college, through our 20s, and who knows, even into our 30s, and maybe taking a a fresh look at this music that helped shape us. And, you know, we might be happy with what we find. We might be horrified by what we find. But we're going to go back in time and and every episode uh, highlight one album from our past and just go through that album. Right. That's the plan. I mean, we don't know exactly what this is. I feel like it's mainly an excuse to hang out because it, yeah. we need to actually like come up with reasons now because we're dads. So like we can't golf anymore. I feel like golf has been ruined. That was tough. That was tough to lose golf. Not that we lose... were actual golfers. No, we, we weren't good at it. But Shittiest par three in the <laughs> lower 48 states in Los Feliz. But 
it was our moment, our little time that we had right. that was taken from us. Right. We were we were like that scene in Swingers at the same golf course, but worse. Right. It right. is the exact same course. Right. We were worse at golf. Uh, and eventually it got sniffed out by the wives as something that we weren't allowed to do. But now this, working with the great people at HeadGum, uh, is under the guise of business. Business. This is like, we have to do this. There's like, the the sky is the limit. Like, who knows what this is going to turn into? Um, like, it's th- a great excuse. It was, it was, it went something like this in my house. And I don't know if it, how it went with you, Bob, but I was like, I'm, I'm, don't get personal. Like yeah. That. It was like, honey, um, I know you have some misgivings here, but don't stand in the way of my fucking guap. <laughs> and that's what the podcast is about. Little little does she know that right now we're drinking and, and uh, just carrying on like the idiots that we've been for the entire uh, length of our relationship. Uh, she does know. I mean, I don't think we're we're not fooling anybody. Your wife is very smart, as is mine. This could be our last podcast. Basically. This could be it, guys. So thank you for tuning in to the throwback <laughs> for as long as we've lasted. Um, no. So we're going to uh, we're going to keep doing this until. Somebody tells us not to. And uh, the way that we're going to kind of... Including the rights and clearances of, of major le- record don't labels. Even, don't even bring that up. Okay. Because well. I feel like the, that's like the elephant Strike in that. the room. Strike that from the record. Uh, we are going to go through an album track by track. The entire podcast hinges on um, how listening. sharp the lawyers are for major <laughs> record companies I, in 2017. I was going to say just nobody listening or that. Like, either way, we're going to keep this going. So that's don't... True. And by the way, if you guys are listening and like you know a guy who's uh, a lawyer, like involved with like the record labels or whatever, keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. Don't be a dick. So the best case scenario for us is nobody listens. Right. And then the second best case scenario is people do listen, but it, it leads to massive litigation. And HeadGum absorbs the lawsuit. Yeah, they absorb the lawsuit. <laughs> I don't, is that how lawsuits work? I, I have know. no we'll idea. Talk to their I've, lawyers. I've never been sued. This is very exciting. Uh, very exciting time. Anyway, so why don't we get into it, Bob? Yeah, we're going to go back in time to August 1997, the month and year that the this album came out. The first album that we're going to talk about. The first album that we will talk about on the Throwback Podcast came out in August 97. It was a month before the beginning of our senior year of high school. Um, what was happening, Bob, that time of our life? I'm glad you asked, Dan. That August 1997. Garth, so organic. <laughs> Garth Brooks performed a free concert in uh, Central Park for HBO, and a lot of people went. You know, I think it I don't know the exact number here, but I'm going to say conservatively it was over 100,000 people. Right. And that kind of feels like a fever dream in retrospect. And like I said at the top of the show, we grew up in the uh, in Rockland County, which is, I think, about twenty five miles north uh, of Central Park. Uh, so we were that close to that concert, but it could not feel further away. No, it might as no. well have been on Mars. It wasn't real because I've never heard of Garth, Garth Brooks song besides. Uh, no, it's not "Achy Breaky Heart." No, it's, that's uh, not. I that's got really friends really in low Cyrus. places. Right, low. That's place. the only banger I know from Brooks. Same, and he's playing to two hundred K in Manhattan. Never made sense to me. It never made sense. And has anybody talked about him since? I feel like he's completely fallen off the map. Well, he made that album where he, he took on the well, assumed the, identity. Chris Gaines. Yeah, I think Gaines kind of wiped out the whole thing. We'll dive into that later in the throwback. Uh, Are we going to do a throwback episode uh, on the Chris Gaines? Album? That was a very important album to me. No, of course not. Um, I would like also, that. August 1997, a couple of big time TV shows premiered. South Park, the first episode Whoa. aired. 
And the Keenan Ivory Wayne show premiered on Fox. Mm, Keenan did I've, not work out. For I have you, no buddy. memory of that. Was that a talk show? Do you think? If I had to guess, it probably it probably wasn't a a, a sketch show because of the Living Color thing. I'm gonna say it was a sitcom where he played what he perceived to be a hot dad, single dad. <laughs> That's a good guess. Yeah, we won't know. We're not gonna fact check it. What else? So, also, that month in movies, uh, a really bad month for movies. You would think middle of the summer, '97, you'd get some hits. But here are the best movies I found. August 97, uh, The Full Monty, Air Bud, Spawn, Free Willy 3, G.I. Jane, and Excess Baggage. They they ran back Willy a third time? Three times. Christ. They went through so many so many dead orcas in that franchise. I guess it, once you get to August, it starts to become a little graveyardy if you haven't gotten the movie out by August. All I right. Guess. Anything else, Bob? Yes, kind of a big deal. On August 31st, uh, Don Mattingly of the New York Yankees, his number 23, was retired. Yes, yes, yes. I was there that day. It was a weird day because it was the day after Princess Diana died, uh, and there was a moment of silence at Yankee Stadium uh, for the uh, a princess from England. That was a whole weird thing. That, are you going to mention that Princess Diana died in uh, August of 97? I feel that- like you should have led with that instead of... Uh, the Garth Brooks thing did not really uh, register a blip <laughs> on my research. No, I was going to actually close with that. You kind of stepped on it, kind of ruined the whole thing. But oh, uh, sorry. yeah, she died. Damn. Yeah. Well, you can close with the fact that uh, Dodi Fayed died as well. You want to close with that? <laughs> the Dodi Fayed closer? Yeah, let's go with Do that. It. Do yeah, Dodi's. R.I.P. Dodi. You know, Elton John, it's not too late to knock out a song for Dodi. <laughs> it is too late. Yeah, it is too late. Nah, All right. why not? Just so August 97, Bob. That is uh, the month and the year. And what are we talking about today? Well, there was one more thing that happened. Oh, in, there was one more thing that happened in August 97. All right. Oasis's third album, Be Here Now, oh, was released nice. and became the fastest selling music album of all time in the UK, moving 695,761 copies. I How many that, pounds did I, that uh, translate to? I did that from memory. Nice. Um, I don't know, Dan. That's come on. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's the album we're going to talk about. You know, it was the, you know, pulling back the curtain. There's there's it's not a coincidence that we're starting with Oasis because I would think and there will be times in this podcast where we talk about bands that we aren't necessarily on the same page on. But Oasis, that that is Bob and Dan common ground right here. And 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 our group of friends Back in high school, it was one of the one bands that we could all, or maybe the only band that all of us or close to all of us could get on board with. I remember an anticipation like nothing ever uh, when that album came out. My God, be here now. Be here now. So we're going to go through it and we're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about what it reminds us of and all that good stuff. And we're going to keep drinking. I am drinking a pecan beer that you gave me. Yeah, my my in-laws are from Texas where they have a lot of pecan trees and uh they brought a beer that actually it tastes like you put it well bob when you said it's a, it's not a pecan aftertaste it's like a foretaste like i feel like yeah. i have a nut in my mouth well there you go let's isolate that yep um all right do we want to get and i am drinking uh i'm double i'm double dipping this right now there's some type of weird pilsner i'm drinking and then uh my dad was in town uh a month ago and he drinks Canadian Club, oh, and wow. I'm a little running a little low in the liquor cabinet, so I got a little CC and ginger. All right, so we're we're 
going pretty deep. Let's listen Get to Oasis. Going. Let's listen to some Oasis. Let's start. Uh, and there's only, um, if you're an Oasis fan, you absolutely know how "Be Here Now" starts, and um, it's with the sound of a plane. And a distant it, plane. A distant plane, and then there's some beeping, and almost immediately. Oh, so much beeping. Can I say it? Can I say uh, too much beeping? Can I just start off by saying that? You're out on a limb right here. But almost immediately we know what's going on here. That Oasis has disappeared up their own, to use their their term, over the old uh, con arse. Because now they have an airplane (laughs) and beeps going on. Four years earlier, three years earlier, they released definitely maybe and it was a beautiful pure guitar sound of rock and roll star my favorite still to this day my favorite oasis album and the song hasn't started yet no the song is not going to start for another minute i think we're one minute in and i guess there was well let's listen to a little bit of this step off the train on alone at dawn back into the home where i was born sun in the sky never raised the night to me you know what I mean. A seven minute and 50, 50 second opus to, I don't know exactly what to. A seven minute and 50 second single. Right. And I do remember Oasis was, you have to understand at this, at this stage, Oasis was very big. They're coming off What's the Story, Morning Glory and Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova. And they were able to tell MTV... Uh, that is the single we're going to deliver to you. Uh, and they played, remember, we watched at our friend Brian's house at midnight. They premiered this insane video, and there's helicopters, and it's some type of industrial wasteland, uh, a bizarre video. And it just not cut down, not shortened at all. A seven minute single. Was that the night that we got, we, we procured, right? Procured a like 12 pack of Sam Adams, and we. At this time, we're not quality beer drinkers and proceeded to drink Sam Adams and get sick right afterwards. Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember that. Yeah. I, maybe I blocked it out because nothing has ever sounded less rock and roll than that. No. So let's just start with that. Let's hear this Let me just stay, say, by the way, I love this song. You do love this song. I always I love this song. I understand that it's exactly the type of song that if you don't like Oasis you this is maybe ground zero for an example of why the Oasis are crap uh, because it is kind of ponderous and overlong and overproduced and the lyrics are shit but there's something about it there's something big <laughs> when you say it like that isn't there something so big and 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 there's there was nothing really we still don't have that in the in the rock scene now but there was something like we are bad motherfuckers and here's our first single i always like the bigness of the song if nothing else no it's a great move it's a baller move um unfortunately we can't listen despite your love of this song that has terrible lyrics and is ponderous and all of the above we probably can't listen to all seven minutes of it no we probably shouldn't i'll give you like five more seconds of it all right bye do you know what i mean i like you you're gone now that's gone we can't talk about anymore i i hear Lawyers outside the garage right now.
Nobody cares. Oh, that's right. Except we have to, I think, listen to um, this whole album. How many tracks are on this album? 13? I believe, Bob, there are 12 tracks on it. If you want to count uh, the reprise, reprise. I go reprise. Repri- reprise. I, like I kind of understate the re, like reprise, like that kind of. But as far as I don't know if that's correct. Before we move on to track two, I just want to say that uh, the album was kind of dead. As someone, you know, we were totally plugged into the music scene at that point. Once this album, this single stiffed, it was already post Oasis in the United States. Right. It was over once this song came out, and and music had changed around '97, and and once this out, it just seemed shot from a different place at that point and uh it was kind of a bummer i remember being because we loved oasis so much at that time it was it was a bummer to know that you were not you know a fan of like the next big thing yeah you were kind of now holding on to something that was in the past but right and you will be holding on to it for the next 25 years until you're doing a podcast talking about it still still here we are this, that's what happens when you like fall in love with a band in high school or college. Like they just have you, they have you forever. It's not fair. They catch you, yeah. If a band catches you during that period, especially, I always felt like right, you know, late teens, like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You're probably definitely going to be going to a concert in a much smaller amphitheater about twenty years later, seeing that same band if they're still together. What's like the one band from that time that you're actually not embarrassed to keep on checking in on, but like shocked that you're still doing it? Like you surprise yourself when you see that they have a new album out and you're like, I'm just going to give it one more listen. Well, this band will come up multiple times over the life of this podcast, probably. But yeah, I check in on the County Crows. Right. That makes sense. I saw that. We'll get to the County Crows uh, down the line. But yeah, that would be a band. Um, Pete Yorn, who we'll talk about on the show, every time he comes to LA, I, I make sure to see him. Yeah, I'm I'm done seeing Pete Yorn. I love Pete Yorn, but you can't make me keep seeing Pete Yorn. Well, we'll see when he comes back. I'm Bob. gonna do it. I've been gonna, saying that for many. many I know years. every time, but I love him, so I keep <laughs> going. But it's always the same concert. It is the same show. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see that concert again. It has nothing to do with him. I've just seen that concert so many times now. All right, so this is my big mouth, and again, if you want to talk about. Uh, the edit button or the lack thereof of what was going on in the recording studio and the powers of cocaine. How long is this one? This song is looks like it is clocking in at a chunky five and a half minutes. That is svelte for Be Here Now. Yeah. I mean, this song could also be two and a half minutes easily. Oh, it should be. Just like that quick little rocker that gets you in and out. Let's listen for a sec. Liam was such a fucking badass. Still is. Liam Gallagher. And this song, I, I bring that up here at this juncture is because um, My Big Mouth, is, I mean, it's just the song of bragging about how you, you know, are a big swaggering dick who could back it all up. Yeah. And rock music could use another uh, Liam Gallagher coming through the ranks. Uh, but then again, like, there's never been anybody like this guy. He was completely... We you know this maybe this this guy is he is shot from a different planet to us and I I think he's still some you follow Liam Gallagher on Twitter by the way of course follow Liam Gallagher on Twitter. he is 
He pulled off the golden Twitter move, which is having over a million followers and not following anybody. That is fucking badass. And there's something poetic to that. Liam Gallagher follows nobody. I'm sure he never thought of it that no, way. No, he's never gotten that poetic with it. He's no. never gotten that deep at all. But it checks out totally. And he's an asshole, too. He's an asshole. All he does is like make fun of his brother and call him a potato. Yeah, that's the best part. Of it. He'll go check out the Noel Gallagher. Noel doesn't really have much to say about Liam. They've been broken up as a band for, I think, eight years now. I kind of like that Noel's taking the high road. Like This guy who is the king of shitting on people. Yeah. He's like, I'm not even going to really deal with this. And Liam is just fucking throwing darts at him every day. How toxic, by the way, does it have to be for uh, Noel Gallagher to punt on, on shitting on somebody publicly? It's got to be killing him. Uh, it, 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 can, it cannot be any worse. But yeah, I do love it. There'll be like a, a tweet of it, Liam will just he'll Google his brother's name. It'll Wait, be, you think Liam Googles? I think he. I think he. No, Googles, there's I'm no way. You. No, he's got somebody that does it for him. No, I don't think he does. I honestly think this is something he does at three in the morning. You by think himself. he? Go- I cannot imagine him sitting there like with a web browser open. There's like, a somewhat recent tweet from him where he Googles, uh, or there, it's an image of his brother and Simon Cowell, and then it just the the tweet is just like potato. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think one of his friends was like, I live, look at this. And then like he saw the picture and he's like, oh, and he like got annoyed and he was like, pull it up on my phone. I feel like he had three people had to get it into his phone for him to just say the word potato and then be done with it. I don't think he has. Um, I don't think he has friends, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm way sadder. I got way sadder than I thought it was going to go. He's kind of. I don't think he needs him either. I think it's just no. he's floating along, being Liam Gallagher. Well, one of my favorite Liam stories that I got from um, comedian Jim Jeffries. Humble brag. That is a humble brag, but um, he's one of my favorite comedians. And not just, it's not a humble brag. It's just like get to the fucking point. Basically. Well, no. Yeah. How else am I going to tell this story if I don't say I who it. told Jim me Jeffries this? Jim Jeffries is a successful comedian that you had conversations with. I had a conversation Mr. with comedy him writer. because I was the head writer of a show on Comedy oh, Central Jesus Christ. that he was on. How, do, how else am I going to get into this? Get into the story All right. Already. So Jim Jeffries was saying he was at a party in the UK and he said it was just full of rock stars and you know, comedians and celebrities like A-listers and Liam Gallagher walked in and even the rock stars just stopped what they were doing and were like that's a fucking rock star like Liam walked in just yeah. wagging his dick bigger than everybody and he just like the room stopped when he walked in two things that Liam's always had in his I'm gonna say three things he's always had the haircut he's always got the best haircut best haircut the best leather jacket in the room, and the best walk. That'll oh, yeah. take you a long way. Yeah, that's a hat trick. If you can, I have combine, no, I have none of those things. No, I I have had like a, two leather jackets, and both are regrettable in hindsight. <laughs> Haircuts fine. Never a, a truly great haircut. I can I can honestly say. No, you've had like a lifetime of eights. Yeah, and. I just walk. I just walk places. I'm a regular guy. Yeah. I got no walk. Your walk is holding you back. You kind of walk like a schmuck. <laughs> That's probably the big problem. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm not trying to be Liam Gallagher. I, he has the, the holy grail. If right. If you get one of those things, you're either gonna you're gonna get laid a lot, right, uh, and probably be successful on some level. Even like a successful drug dealer. <laughs> so you're saying just the right leather jacket <laughs> can make you either get you laid a lot or 
you could be a great like cocaine dealer. Okay. But if you put all three together, you're the you're Liam Gallagher. You're the best rock star of your generation. Yeah, and you make songs like Magic Pie. Well, not the best seg, Bob, because he does not sing on this song, and he didn't write it either. Noel writes all the songs. <laughs> Just trying to segue. Yeah, this was. This is like my three. first podcast. You've done like 600 of these. <laughs> well, after the the first two songs clocked in over like five minutes each, this one, Magic Pie, which is sung by Noel Gallagher, um, right around seven minutes. So, Again, doesn't need to be that long. No. And when you're three songs into your album and the total is in the neighborhood of like 20 minutes. Right. You have just like ended your career as a commercial. But I will say in 97, at least in this country, in 97, when you're going out to a store and you're buying a CD or a cassette and you're like a teenager and you don't have a lot of expendable income, disposable income, and you want to get something when you see 13 tracks, you know, 79 minutes or 86, whatever, however long this is, you feel like it's a, it's a win because you're going to get your money's worth. That's how you looked at it? I never looked at and, it. You know, I feel like, well, I'm... You, you saw it as a value buy. I am half Jewish. You're not. So I feel like maybe that's that part of me. Maybe <laughs> that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. My mom, like, loves shopping at, like, Marshalls and stuff. So maybe it's, like, the, the I'm bargain, not Jewish at all, but my mom loves Marshalls the bargain more than hunter she loves me. anything else in her life. So, yeah, you have to appreciate a good bargain. That yeah, you're gonna, a good value buy. You know, you might not get another album by these guys for a few years. At least you're getting 80 minutes of content. Yeah. I mean, this song, by the way, is fine. To me, it's fine. It's got some of the worst lyrics you'll ever hear. It's a. It does bother me listening to this album again. And it's, Oasis is a band that I've loved since I was a teenager, so I always do come back to these albums semi regularly. So, but as the years have passed, the, does Noel Gallagher's lyrics bother me more than they did when I was seventeen? Yes. Perhaps he wasn't as gifted on some level as I, I thought him to be as a younger man. Whoa. Just because it's some of the worst songwriting lyrically that I've ever heard, if you really want to break it down. I'm just being real here. Well, well I feel like he's... Has he ever acknowledged, like, oh, I don't give a shit about the lyrics I write? He's kind I of, believe he's one of those guys, so I, I guess some, I shouldn't really hold it against him if he's going to be open about that. So I think, if anything, it makes him even more of a genius for pulling one over on us that we're singing these dumb lyrics along with him, and he was able to just, like, get it in. He's like, I'm not going to waste any brain power because I know these morons are going to sing along with me. But, you know, like seven minutes. Jesus well, no, the seven minutes, and that's I mean, ridiculous. what are we doing here? Bargain or not, that's that's absurd. Um, Let's move the track forward, by the way. Which is one of the singles. I don't know what the order was of the release. I know, obviously, do you know what I mean? Came out first. It, it, it bombed here anyway. Stand By Me rolled out, I believe, during the summer, maybe. Yeah. Or end of summer. Uh, and again, made no impact. No here. impact at all. It's hard to it's hard to identify when a single came out when nobody cared about it. But I think if, if you're like a true Oasis fan, you're putting together a, a best of... Stand by me is probably going to be on it. I like. I always like this song. Again, it's a six-minute song. Can you imagine the cocaine? the The sheer amount of cocaine that was ingested during well, the making of this album. They don't remember making it. So clearly, they literally, don't. they literally don't remember making it. So, I'm saying maybe like four of those little baggies of cocaine. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know a You're lot not about coke. Coke. Not a big no, coke. Nor am I. So you know, we never had the right. Di- we never had the right coats for it. We never uh, had the right winter wear to get yeah, into coke. This is, this is what Noel. I, I was shitting on him as a lyricist, but this is. All right, pump it up. Oh wait, no, I can't do it yet because I think. No, you're right. This is what I'm talking. That should have been right why there. Is this six minutes right there. Just why isn't the, the chorus. chorus playing right now? <laughs> why are you doing another verse? <laughs> Cocaine, man. But can you imagine? Noel Gallagher said he has no memory writing, recording anything. Yeah. Imagine being the biggest rock star in the world, or one of the most well-known musicians in the world, and having a complete blank spot for like five years of your life which were the most notable years of your life from a public standpoint. That's and also like trip. the part of your life where everything took that f- turn in the fork in the road because they didn't become the Beatles. Right. Like, this was the album that could have taken them to that next level. Right, here's the chorus. Let's get back to that point in a second. This is a right? great point. That's a great point, Bob, because you're right. They had their first two albums, Definitely Maybe, 94. What's the Story of Morning Glory, a year after, had some of the biggest singles in the history of uh, the UK. So big that they, they broke, they crossed over in the US, which is almost impossible to do. They had the world by the balls, and the only thing that was stopping them from becoming the next the next true giant of rock music was falling on their face entirely with the third album. And that's what the the sound of Be Here Now is. Yeah. So you have to, you have to think if that whole part of your life is dark, you're just like, you know, you still have a great life. You're still no Gallagher, but you're waking up and you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that much. Okay. I don't think he has any regrets, though, to be you honest know, with you. I, probably not. I mean, he he's has still seven no houses. He's still super successful. And he's also now he's also now seen as, like, the elder statesman of rock and roll at this point. And people love him for how witty he is, which, by the way, I think is part of what drives um, Liam crazy. Right. I think that it kills sense. Liam that Noel is viewed in such a glowing way even by the the established press establishment that didn't like him or 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 crapped on oasis during their heyday for being maybe not as classic or timeless as they believe themselves to be do you think liam cares about what people say though i think about his brother he probably does that might be the only thing because that was the other like fun dichotomy with that band is that like who made oasis was it the guy writing the songs? Or was it the guy singing the songs? The writing the songs is Noel. Or the guy singing the songs, Liam, who had a delivery and a sound that was completely unique. Would Oasis been nearly as big if it was Noel singing all the songs? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. But would Oasis been anything if Noel didn't enter the picture? Of course not. No, we've seen, we've heard the music that Liam has written when he's left even BDI is not a good representation though, because that's him just trying to write. Like I was going to go even before BDI when he when Noel threw him an al- a song or two on an album, and he wrote. Yeah, we should, should we talk about the when we went to the Oasis? There's an excellent documentary released by the guys that did the uh, Amy Winehouse documentary that won the Oscar. Uh, we saw there was a screening 
of it. What was it called? Uh, Semisonic. Semisonic. Yeah, and it was a it was a look at the heyday of the band, which was from their, their beginnings. Supersonic. That's what I said. You said semisonic. <laughs> that would be weird. It was definitely not semisonic. <laughs> it was weird. Like everyone walked. You said in it, there. and I agreed with you. Yeah. And then it just didn't sit right. <laughs> everyone was expecting an Oasis documentary, and then it was just the closing time guy. It was just three hours of Dan Wilson <laughs> talking about the sounds of science. <laughs> um, supersonic. And it was an excellent documentary. If you even, you don't have to be an Oasis fan. If you're a fan of rock music, alternative music in the mid '90s, check it out. But we, I remember going to that. It was first of all it was fun because we were in Santa Monica, or somewhere in West LA, and the entire theater was filled with like guys like us. Couple, awesome guys. A couple women. No, yeah, like, literally a couple. Actually, there was a strange situation going on behind us. There were two girls, teenage girls, sitting directly behind us. They were in the wrong theater. I don't know what was going on there, but I remember one of them, at one point, um, one of the girls leans over and says of Liam, God, he's really cute. He should just fix his eyebrows. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I guess maybe the, the quick story here is that when we walked into the theater, the girl, another younger uh, woman she was in her early 20s right we asked her if she knew after we bought our tickets if she knew who Oasis was what, what did she say again? Um, she said yeah they, they, they ring a bell like I, I kind of remember them I think they're they're before my time but they do ring a bell and you know what maybe that by the way this is I hope I think I know kind of a forgettable song yeah so we can see it we don't need to dig into that I was enjoying it though yeah, it's fine. Every all the songs on here are to me. I love them all, but I've lost. I, I have no objectivity with them. It's hard for me to really understand it. But I guess maybe the, the the final takeaway with that girl at the theater, to me anyway, is they would have just gotten it right. She, they wouldn't just be the note, footnote like right. she knows. Oasis from maybe her friend likes Wonderwall. It's on her like Spotify playlist. Right. Right. They had a chance. Or maybe they didn't. Like, Do you think about, it all comes back to Liam's eyebrows? I think it might. Those eyebrows were glorious. They were no joke. But. Do you think that even if they nailed Be Here Now, it would have worked for them? You never know. You can't say. I because mean, music changed a lot between What's the Story and Be Here Now. 95 to 97 is when the supposed electronica revolution happened. Which maybe didn't really take, but things definitely were changing. Yeah, and we were right on the verge of the big pop apocalypse of Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And rock and roll music was gone from 98 until 01. Like, when we were in college, it was the low point for rock music. Yeah. Like, it was Limp Biscuit and Korn and Kid Rock. Like, that was it. Like, that was popular rock music. But it did time. lead to my mo- my... My most favorite college memory was you, Bob Castrone, getting seven copies of U2's All That I All oh That You Can't Leave Behind. That was the worst year for music. <laughs> for, it's true. I've, for new listeners, I'm a huge U2 fan. Bob has to deal with that. Yeah, I've uh, never liked U2. Yeah. But that year, people knew I liked music, and there was nothing out there that was somewhat semi-decent. So literally seven people got me all that you can't leave behind. I mean, you could acknowledge that they had a nice comeback CD with that, that 
had big singles out there. Everybody, you know, the world was confused. It was post 9-11. We were all kind of recovering. Nobody really knew what was good and what was bad anymore. Like, do you, and people are like, do do we even give gifts? I don't know. Like, let me just give Bob this. Is comedy Christmas. dead? Is comedy dead? Is well, it okay to be funny? It, it, no, it wasn't. We have to do a 9-11 music podcast at some point on the show. We will do that, actually. Yeah, music, music got really fucked up. Um, but Bono did save America after 9-11. Bono, we can agree on that at least. No, we're not going to agree on that. <laughs> I think he caused 9-11. Um, anyway, you're right, though. Rock music, with the, ex- with, the, with the exception of U2's great bounce back CD, all that you can't leave behind, rock music was a mess. Mess. We were big Robbie Williams fans due to lack of options at the time. I was downloading multiple kid rock songs on Napster. I remember visiting you at Northeastern and being at a bar with a live band with the uh, female lead singer. The Zoo was the name of the band. The Zoo was the band. And uh, I think they were playing Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. They were, maybe they were, but the only song I really remember them playing was, um, uh, that was the girl with the dirty shirt, by the way. It's fine. (laughs) Mid-album filler. Yeah, yeah. Um, They played a lot of Linkin Park. Is what uh, I do remember. Yeah. Well, no, I remember specifically break stuff. And I was just drunk in the back of the bar, staring at the stage. And like happy drunk. Yeah. And just uh, staring at them playing the song and thinking, this is the music of my college experience. Yeah. And and Rough. not hating it. Like it was like that moment of like acceptance. Like this is the music that I'm going to remember. And I just want to enjoy it right now. Right. It's it's horrifying to think about that. <laughs> the other option was if you weren't going to get in, try to talk yourself into that era of rock music, was there was like fourteen Ja Rule J Lo singles on right. the charts. That was good. That's what you're up against. Oh, there was also the Latin the Latin explosion was yeah. around that time too. So there was some a Ricky, closeted Ricky Martin closeted tearing down <laughs> the charts. I mean, that's what we were doing. I think I had a couple of Wyclef CDs. There was a lot happening. Yeah, let's cycle back all. here to uh, track eight, uh, Fade In Out. Oh, yeah, I have it. no memory of this song. I just uh, okay. a reminder. That, yeah, there's not much to this song. In fact, the most notable thing I would think, from a s- historic standpoint, is that Johnny Depp plays slide guitar on it. A lot of cocaine was being ingested during the, this recording. But Liam's voice is so great. So good. Go back to Liam again. And this voice was kind of. Uh, this voice didn't last forever. We saw him many times together. We probably saw him like at least five times together. From. 97 to 08 yeah we saw like every incarnation of them yeah and by the end of the end of their time together they broke they got into a big Nolan Liam got into a big fight in the summer of 09 and broke up uh, but I remember the last couple times we saw him on the last tour for their I think it was dig out your soul was the album uh, his voice wasn't there anymore and he was doing that weird thing in concert where he would pull back from the mic and so he'd be like sunshine and he would like not want us to know that he couldn't hit the note right. I think but it was so so it was kind of sad to see this like great lion uh, of, of our youth kind of showing his age a little bit I don't know maybe his voice is back but I wasn't really pl- I haven't been plugged in on 
post Oasis. Liam, Noel, I've liked some of Noel's stuff. I've seen him twice actually, but Liam, not so much. Liam has a new album coming out, like a solo album. Yeah, right? not with BDI. So sorry, BDI fans. Liam's moved on to just LG. Liam Gallagher. There will be no BDI documentary released 20 years from now if there is we'll be there opening night with a bunch of other guys that look like us and confused 20 year old girls wondering why all these whites are there at the theater so many whites yeah, that was fade in fade out hey Dan <clears throat> Dan good, yes. good fade out on that one. Oh god I hate you nailed it alright now here is okay this is a great song this is a great song doesn't have to be five minutes it's just about five minutes it does not have to be that long but don't go away this would be the one song that I thought really had a chance to do damage in the U.S. That stuff always, like, I wanted this album to do well. Because I did, in the, in the moment, I loved the album. I thought it was a perfect album. I think we were all on kind of the same page at this time, right? We definitely were. We listened. So we got this album. We got it together, right? Like, we got it when we were in Wildwood, New Jersey. We did, yeah. Uh, Don't worry. You can tell this anecdote because the chorus is, like, two minutes away. Yeah, we have time. Yeah. So, uh... The five of us, so me and Dan and three of our buddies in high school, we uh, we hung out all the time. And every summer we would go to Wildwood, New Jersey, uh, exit four off the Garden State Parkway, and just hang out on the boardwalk and bother girls and get drunk and do what 17-year-olds do in Wildwood, New Jersey. So on the way back, I think this album, this came out while we were there. So we bought the album, and on the car ride back, in my Buick LeSabre. We rest li- in peace. Rest in peace. 89 LeSabre. It was a great car. You guys gave it a lot of shit. It was a great car. It was all, it was like kind of tough love, like a military dad situation. It was, it was really ugly. It wasn't a beauty, but it was a good, solid five and a half. But on the ride back. Five and a half? It was a 12. It, it was <laughs> a thing that took us places. I was just giving on looks alone, but you're right. No. That's all you need. So on the way back. We listened to this cassette tape because I don't think I had a disc man. In my no, life. it was a tape. I do remember. Yeah, that. we listened to it twice back to back. So that's like 160 minutes of content on the ride our back. Four, our poor friend Brian. The, the, there was five of us. Four of us loved Oasis, and then there was our, our buddy Brian, who's the um, the cursory uh, punk ska guy. Right. The, the obligatory punk ska guy. He was furious. Furious, uh, seething the entire time. Understandably so. Yeah, I mean, this is an eighty-minute album. Out of all albums to put on twice, and we go back to that, and it's a probably a three and a half, four-hour drive back from that part of the Jersey Shore to our hometown, and we played it twice in a row. And yeah. he he had gotten a, a mustard plug album. Yeah, he was big plug. into mustard plug at the time, and he put on his headphones in the front seat. I remember and just uh, <laughs> shut out the world for three hours. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. I feel like in retrospect, we were definitely the bad guys. But we were also like giddy teen teens. We were we were giddy teens. We were giddy teens excited our... that one of our favorite bands put out a new album. All right, let's listen to this chorus before the song ends. Alright, here's the question. If this was the single they released first, would it have made a difference in terms of the album's success or failure in the United States? I don't know. I have no idea. Like we, 
like you said, music was changing. It was a weird time. Maybe there was nothing they could have done. Yeah. But it's a damn good song. It's a it's a great single, a little long, but I would put it right there in their top 10 singles, in my opinion. So speaking of great songs, part of the throwback podcast that you're listening to right now is every episode when we listen to an album, we're going to pick one song off the album to add to our Spotify playlist that will have the best songs from all the albums that we hit while we do this podcast. So that is something we're going to have to figure out at the end of this. Good explainer, Bob. What song deserves to be on the Spotify playlist? It won't be this song, by the way. Be here now. <laughs> Let's listen. But I will say, this is this ends. This occasionally gets on a daddy's workout mix it's a good pump up song for me another great liam vocal turn it's an amazing liam album i really love if you love like great frontman singing even this song which doesn't have like a melody to save its life i still kind of like the song just because liam's like swagger carries the day well, and in um supersonic the documentary not semi-sonic the better documentary uh in supersonic it showed how he would just come into the studio and read the lyrics for the first time while he was recording them and just nail it. That was my by far my favorite part of that documentary because it's not just any song. They show that they recorded in this farmhouse somewhere in England, uh, the recording of What's the Story, and they show him actually doing the uh, Champagne Supernova and just nailing Champagne Supernova, which is one of the the towering uh, tracks of 90s rock and roll. He does it in one take. You can tell he's not impressed by himself. He doesn't, again, he's probably out of his mind right. on drugs and alcohol and walks away from the microphone and having no idea that he just created something, uh, to me anyway, and I believe, Bob, you agree, timeless. And can you imagine, it's just like, yeah, he had was, that type of power at his height. That was just his day. He was like, I'm just going to sing the song and then go back to the bar or the pub. Check out the documentary. All right, here's what the... Here's the sing... I think Liam... We're getting near the end, by the way. Here's the song that Liam, or that Noel thought, was A, going to be his Hey Jude, and B, was going to be the single he could rely on to save the album no matter what. Right, I so there's, there's no way he overindulged. Let's listen to this. All Around the World, which you might know from a Sprint ad campaign sometime in the aughts, (laughs) but I know as uh, one of the great near misses in the history of rock music. This could have been an all-time song. It should have been. But they couldn't get their heads right, and they instead they, in one of the most staggeringly boneheaded decisions in the history of rock and roll, which is interesting because there was a guy named Bonehead that yeah, was yeah. recording the no, bass. I, I thought you were kind of doing that on purpose. Yeah, Paul Arthur's. Uh, nine minutes long, the song. Oh. 
And I'm sure the single released was six and a half minutes long. Like, yeah. Listen to this a little bit more. Because I do love this song. I mean, it's such a great sound. It's great. Hey Jude is a great comparison of what this could have been. Well, Liam definitely wanted. I will bring the I will bring the um, the song back to the forefront because my high school senior quote is coming up. Big deal. Big All deal. Right, here we go. You ready? This is embarrassing. There are a lot of embarrassing things going to happen on this album. Here we go. Dan Hansis' senior quote in high school was from an embarrassing Oasis singer. Here it is. I actually take back everything I just said about myself. These are crazy days and they make me shine. Everyone overthought what their senior quote would be in high school. Did you spell shine with like shine? That could have been a good move. (laughs) That was my senior quote. We have to do whatever the album your senior quote is, Bob. We have to do that album too. Oh, we will. Absolutely. It was a big deal thinking of a senior quote. You like, you didn't want to be too cliche. You didn't want to have like the Bob Marley quote. Oh, or God. like there was always one kid that did like be all you can be the army. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, for real. Uh, or, oh, oh, imagine there's no uh, war. Right. There was that, you know, fuck being, you too. being in New York. There was a lot of Billy Joel, a lot of only the good die young, which never made sense to me. Why that would be your senior quote. If you're not right, dead. you're going to live an unremarkable life and die at 73. Right. So you're not good. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of flaws there. But uh, that's not a bad Same senior quote. Same for the quote. Billy Joel podcast, Bob. There will be one, whether you like it or not. You know what? If I'm gonna subject you to some YouTube podcasts, you're gonna are you gonna put are you gonna hit me with River of Dreams? I mean, if we're going don't with, hit me with River if we're of going Dreams. with albums that came out when we were in like <laughs> high school or middle school, then you're getting River of Dreams. I can't live with that, Bob. It's gonna happen. Um, yeah, I mean, so anyway, that was my senior quote, which it does capture a, a time and place, both for. Oasis, but also my life. So I stand by that as a senior quote. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you've made peace with it. You felt it felt like you were a little embarrassed by it, but now you're good with it. I'm happy. Just about in that. general, I guess just high school in general is embarrassing. Yeah, it's. A mess. I don't have a big problem with it. I'm I'm fine with it actually. It's not a bad. It, what it, what would you give it as in terms of a grade for a senior quote? These are crazy days, but they make me shine. Time keeps rolling by. Were they crazy days? Uh, relatively. <laughs> Absolutely, relatively. Were you shining? De- uh, definitely not. Even now, I look back at it. Definitely wasn't shining at that point in my life. Right. So right. accuracy, no. Okay, uh, but still a quality senior quote. No, I'll give it. I'll give it a solid A minus. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Could have done. Could have done way worse. Yeah, it'd be funny just to go. We should do an entire podcast just going through our senior yearbook and finding. Who were the biggest assholes with their senior quote? <laughs> I remember after we graduated, uh, Cake had an album that came out, and uh, there was Fashion a, Nugget, was it? No, no, it came out after we graduated, prolonging the magic, I think. And uh, there was a great line in there. Fuck, why did I bring this up if I can't remember the line? I, I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about Cake, but it's okay. <laughs> if it Save, comes back to you. No, it will come back to me. Save for the Cake podcast. The minute you're born, you start dying, so you might as well have a good time. I thought that. That's a good senior quote. It's a good senior quote. It came out after we graduated. So if I could do one thing, it would be go back in time, hold off on a senior quote until that cake album came out. Here's the good news, though, Bob. You might have missed that by a year, 
but the Green Day song Time of Your Life synced up perfectly with our senior year of high school. Yeah, we're lucky that that happened. Very lucky. I don't know how anybody graduated before that song came out. Yeah. Here's another, uh, I, I believe this would be a underrated deep gem. Uh, you're not going to believe it. it's a seven minute song uh, on Be Here Now, but an underrated gem. It's getting better. Parentheticals, man. Slammer? Double slammer. Double slammer. Close parenthetical. Whoa, double slammer. Listen, this is one of the best pure choruses on the whole album to me. Let's hear it. It's getting better, man. I can't believe you made it this far into the album before doing that. I was thinking that that's going to be one of the hardest parts about this uh, podcast is not singing along and making people hate us. Yeah. But I'm glad you don't care about that. No, I don't care about that. Good. But I, I have held it in for like 50 minutes. <laughs> um, th- this does illustrate a good point, though, with this album again. It, it didn't work, and it was kind of the end of their... It, it spelled their uh, commercial doom and... Most people say at this point it was all downhill from here with Oasis. You know, people can quibble with that. But this album had hooks for days. Yeah. Even like this song that nobody knows about. There's a lot of great. This is another one. Two and a half minutes long. Like it would end up on workout mixes or you'd hear it around, you know. There is somewhere, there is somewhere buried, buried deep within this 80 minute atrocity. A, a 50 minute version of this album that might be the best album they ever put out. Could we just do a GoFundMe for like, you know, Danger Mouse to come and remix this and just make it a 47 minute long album? I got a feeling that Danger Mouse in 2017 has some time. I'm just saying. Like, have we heard anything from Danger Mouse since uh, the Black and White album? That he asked me on my way over here, like, hey, if there's any way you could, like, start a GoFundMe for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, if there's any way you could spare me a dollar. <laughs> joking about a millionaire oh, that yeah. laughs at us. No. He's doing so much better than that. All right. Love getting better, man. I'm going to say, and the track 12 is the all-around-the-world reprise, whatever that is. It's absolutely reprise. fucking hilarious that... They had a nine-minute song, track 10, and then they, at track 12, do a reprise on the same song. Why couldn't they have just done this like a hidden track? Like, do you have to draw more attention to it? They they just were completely out of there. I'm going to count the songs I love in the song. Do you know what I mean? Stand By Me, Girl in the Dirty Shirt, which we didn't talk about, but that's one of my favorite deep uh, cuts in this album. Don't Go Away. Half of all around the world. <laughs> it's getting better. I mean, I love more than half the album. Yeah. To me, it stands up as a flawed album, but one of the most important albums of my youth. There's not a single song on here that makes you want to skip ahead. I feel like even the worst the song. The Johnny on, Depp song makes me want to skip. Even the worst song on this album, which is probably the Johnny Depp song, is fine. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing offensive on this album where you're like. The reprise is a little offensive. But that was like the perfect thing to talk over as we summed everything up. I think they knew that this was going to happen someday, and that's why they put that on the album. Wait, you're saying there's finally something that that reprise is worth? Something to just have to talk over? 
Right, good. We're giving yeah. it purpose. It no, took it's 20 like, years. It's like the credit sequence. Like It's like credit sequence music. It's so we, we did it. We did something. If no one ever hears this podcast, they'll never know. We need one person to understand that we found something useful for track 12 of Be Here Now. If you're making a show and you need some credit bad music, the Repraze <laughs> is like a good way to go out classy. It's like a classy song. And there is, there is something symbolic about the end of the song. I'm going to just play it, Bob, for you. Because I actually have heard the end of the song. Have you ever made it to the end of the repas? Definitely not on purpose. All right, listen. Here it comes. Walks out of the room. Door closes. And... They were never the same after that album. I actually think it, that closed the door on Oasis. They were around for another three albums or four albums, and they had some nice moments. Mm-hmm. And they, I remember we saw them sell out Madison Square Garden a couple times in the mid-aughts. Mm-hmm. But once Be Here Now ends, that's kind of the Oasis story is all you'll ever need to know about the band. It's true. So there you go. So there you go. Symbolism. The album has it all. All right, it's time to pick the song, Bob. This is hard. This is very hard, and I don't think we're going to agree. We're okay. Well, I don't know how we never. One thing we haven't figured out is if there's two of us, how do you break a tie? Um, but we fight to the death. We will have the Spotify playlist, uh, as Bob mentioned, uh, that we will build over the course of the life of this podcast, which will easily last four to five episodes before. Uh, the lawyers catch up to us <laughs> or before the ha- people at had gum realize they've made a big mistake. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's going to be a job. I've made a huge mistake moment. Yeah. Probably yeah. like 20 minutes into the show. Probably when we get to the semi-sonic episode. <laughs> so you're saying people, they're going to listen to this entire episode and be like, all right, things are going okay. So far <laughs> we have no misgivings at this point. Oh, I'm not saying that at all. I would okay. never say that. All right, so Bob, you, I'll let you nominate the first song. This will be, I guess, ostensibly, this will, this will be track one of the Spotify playlist. See, so I don't want to think about it like more that. That puts a lot of pressure on it to be a track one. Hey, listen. Uh, don't listen. Don't take this lightly. What if we don't air this podcast first? We air this podcast second. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting all this weight on it being a track one. Work under the impression, oh, Bob, man. that this is the first podcast that we're releasing. I don't want to start because with it the, fucking is Bob. I, I don't want to start with a seven minute fucking song <laughs> alright what do you got what do you got right. Th- they're all seven minute songs I know like, what I are you know. gonna find the three minute fourteen second ditty <laughs> on this album I want to start with uh, I'm, I'm choosing the Verprase <laughs> very subversive I like it alright go ahead what are you nominating alright we could talk about if you want to move it down on the play I don't know you're overthinking it I'm gonna nominate Don't Go Away I think okay. it's a great song. It deserves to be heard over and over again. It is the best pure single on this album. Yes. it's. I think it's a forgot. It's that rare single that's been f- completely forgotten about by time. Yep. But hits all the marks of being a good single. Best chorus, I think. Uh, all Around the World is right up there, uh, but obviously has its problems. I'm surprised that you would think that you would be fixing for a fight, that I would fight you on Don't Go Away. Because I like a lot of songs on this album, but I cannot quibble with that. Don't Go Away is a great choice. All right. Let's do it. You're going to do it? Let's do it. All right. There you go. Don't Go Away is the essential, the throwback essential track off Be Here Now. And uh, and 
I'm glad we re- revisited that album, Bob. Me too. That was fun. I think most of the world, especially most of the people that live in the country that we live in, have not revisited beer now. In fact, I think it's on any short list of the of the uh, most frequently seen albums in discount bins. Oh yeah, that makes. They sense. don't even exist anymore. Right. That's even gone, but. Uh, if there were still record stores, they would be at the discount bins. Yes. Be Here Now would be there. And I don't think that's necessarily a fair fate for the album, which uh, as many warts as there are, uh, is at least an important album to us. Right. And if it's important to us, it should be important to everybody. Yeah. Or go fuck yourself. Or go fuck yourself. And that is really what we're trying to say here at the throwback. All right, Bob. How do people get in touch with us? Because I think a good what we want to do here at the throwback is have... Um, an open line of communication between our hypothetical listenership. Right. Uh, if anyone has albums that they love, uh, that they think needs to be brought drudged up from the bottom of the murky sea of popular culture, mm-hmm. I'm getting in, I'm getting a little deep in the weeds mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we talk, we could talk about it and revisit it. Send us a line where at uh, twitter.com. It's the new <laughs> site at throwback pod. Throwback pod. Yes. One word. Throwback pod. Any underscores? No underscores. Nice work. Yeah, I know. We, we nailed it with that one. Do we get verified yet? Not verified yet. We have zero followers. We haven't actually posted anything yet. Okay, we're working on it. But everything. it will exist. So Throwback pod on scenario. Twitter. We have a throwback pod on Instagram. Again, nothing there. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll put pictures of me and Dan from when we were bosom buddies in 1998 or uh, in when we went to Wildwood in 97 and listened to this album. If... These photographs even exist. If they do, but I mean, um, it was before digital photography, so these things are hard to track down. But when we do find pictures from our youth, we will share right. them with you. But hit us up, follow us, uh, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, we'll be back listening to more albums from the '90s, 2000s. We'll have guests on. Friends are going to come. Now you're sounding on. like a WPLJ uh, DJ. That, I'm auditioning. Well, the biggest hits from the '80s, '90s, and today. Friends are going to come on and bring albums that were important <laughs> to them. So make sure you listen. Unlike Liam Gallagher, we do have friends. Yeah, it's true. We have at least more friends than Liam Gallagher. We don't have the walk. We don't have the leather jacket or the haircuts, but we have friends. And fucking eat it, Liam. Because what's more important than friendship? I would trade all of them for one day being Liam Gallagher. I would too. Okay, that's it. Uh, Thank you to everyone for listening. Until next time. That was a HeadGum Podcast.